Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's so good to have you with me. Now, we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount and specifically the Beatitudes that launch into the Sermon on the Mount. This is a, a discipleship podcast. We want to learn about what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it look like to live like Jesus in the world, being his disciples and making disciples? And we've been talking through the Beatitudes about what this looks like. And in last week's episode, we looked at peacemaking. Blessed are the peacemakers because they're the ones that like the Father, children of God, Jesus says. And I wanted to take some time to really, really step into this place and say, actually, uh, let's ask the question, is it really realistic to believe that we can disagree well? Uh, that we can actually disagree with other people well and be somebody of peace. So that's what we're going to explore today. Today, and We're going to explore it with Justin Briley, who runs the Unbelievable podcast. So he does a phenomenal podcast with N.T. Wright, uh, which I can't more highly recommend. Works for Premier Radio. Uh, and just think what he does is spectacular. And he spends so much time with people who don't know Jesus, discussing Christianity and disagreeing well with them. And, and so we get in the episode, we get to talk to him about, you know, what's that like? Is it easy disagreeing well? Is that actually harder work than you um, would hope it to be? And all of that kind of stuff. So that's what we're going to explore in today's episode. So friends, I hope you find this interview inspiring. Let's jump straight in uh, with a conversation with Justin. Justin, thank you so much for spending this time with us. It's really good to have you. Uh, for those that don't know you, do you want to give us a bit of a heads up? You know, what are you passionate about? What is it that you do with yourself? Well, I'd say I'm passionate about creating conversations around faith. Um, and that's kind of bridging the Christian and secular world. Uh, and that's what I've been doing with my radio show and podcast, Unbelievable, for 17 years now, believe it or not, bringing Christians and non-Christians together for dialogue and debate. Uh, and in the process of that, I, I wrote a book about that that came out a few years ago. We run regular live events as well. And we've sort of established a whole what you might call apologetics department at Premier Christian Radio that encompasses other podcasts like the Ask NT Write Anything podcast and others, where we're just helping to try and get people to connect their faith with the world and be able to uh, share their faith with confidence with other people. Uh, so we kind of tried to do that, though, by real world conversations rather than just telling people, you know, what to say. Yeah, I think one of the things that you do really well, and um, I love listening to you when you are speaking at Spring Harvest or on, on um, the Unbelievable program, is that you are really good at taking what is those issues that we discuss and debate in the workplace and we wrestle through, and we don't always know how to give a good answer. You give us material that we can store away that then you can bring out while sat having lunch with somebody. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've heard it said that what the world doesn't need is a, a million dollar apologist. They need a million one dollar apologist. Um, I think everyone's got the ability to to learn and take in some information. And most of your conversations, actually, people aren't looking for a PhD in theology. They're just looking for someone who can help people, them to make sense of the world. And, and actually, I think there, there's a real value in just being able to dig into a resource, whether it be a book or a podcast or a video, and, and then hopefully be able to implement that in your everyday life. Yeah, which is really what I wanted to talk to you about today. 
Um, one of the things I've been doing a lot on the Making Disciples podcast, and we'll be doing a lot with at Spring Harvest this year, is thinking about the upside down kingdom, thinking about the Beatitudes, what it means to be different, to stand out, uh, to hold on to what we believe, but but to live out this kingdom in such a radical way. And one of the things I want to talk to you about is around disagreement. You know, Jesus mm. is best of the peacemakers. Uh, the idea with that sometimes is we think, well, we can't have conflict. We've got to make peace with people. But there is a way of disagreeing well mm. with each other, with others in the world that is a dis- it is a discipleship issue how yeah. do we learn to disagree well and you have interviewed and spoken to so many individuals that you do not agree with <laughs> but yet you are so able to amicably discuss and debate with them so i'd love to have a, a conversation around that you know tips and tricks or helpful hints for yeah. how we disagree well but let me ask this first is it in your view is it possible to disagree well it is possible but it's getting harder in the age of social media i think because social media sadly is set up for a kind of divisive kind of interchanges it's all about building echo chambers through the algorithms that select for hearing the voices you want to hear and not really engaging properly with the other side of the aisle and and the problem with social media is it disembodies everybody so that you don't feel like you're engaging with an actual human being so it's possible to disagree well, but we're kind of being set up for failure in the way our, our culture is currently getting us to interact with each other. And and you see that in so many areas. It's not just you know religion, it's politics, it's culture, it's ideologies that are going this way and that. So, so what I, I think we need to learn the art of is disagreeing well. And actually, I think um, that's something that you have to get back to talking to people face to face to do well, because there's so much about being human that is about embodying um your relationships and and if you if you're not um actually engaging with people as fully human beings then yes you will never get to the point of disagreeing well because you'll only see that other person as an argument to be demolished or whatever it is Uh, and for me that's been the the beauty of the unbelievable show in a sense has been we've tried to push against that sort of soundbite you know lob grenades from your side of the social media fences thing by actually bringing people together for these long form discussions where it's much harder to be snarky or rude to someone you're sitting down opposite with uh, and you've got to have an honest conversation with them and i found you know surprisingly even people i didn't expect to get on actually in person even if they disagree they have strongly held convictions on both sides they can actually get on quite well as individuals um and and for me that's where the real fruit of this is in actually developing the relationships that go alongside those conversations yeah and it, and it is the two relationships and tools yeah uh, it's it's these two things isn't it you might have some great tools for entering into a uh, conversation with somebody but the, the you know this idea of building a friendship with somebody so that you can uh discuss something in you know that, that sense of shoulder to shoulder that that makes a difference doesn't it uh, ab- absolutely it does so I'd say there are lots of relationships I've built with some of the atheists and agnostics and people of other faiths that, that you know, have lasted for years on the show. And, and you know, we kind of have chipped bits off each other over the years and we've kind of gone back and forth on various issues. But I'm really grateful, actually, that, that even despite our differences, we've been able to build a sense of, of respect for each other um, and friendship in many cases. Uh, because actually I think you're far more likely to have someone listen to your argument if you if you've if they feel like you're listening to them you know um, rather than they're just being used as you know 
today's debate opponent. Mm. Uh, and from that point of view, I think there's a huge, uh, you, you know, a huge lot to be said for actually developing those kinds of relationships. As I said, it's it's harder to do actually mm. in today's world. But um, I, I I rarely think you actually change things unless you're actually in relationship with people. Our, arguments can only take you so far but unless someone kind of sees the difference it makes in your life and and that sort of thing they're only getting half of what they need actually when it comes to being persuaded about something yeah. i have a gentleman here that uh, is a muslim guy and met him 13 years ago and all he wanted to do was debate with me about faith yeah and i actually said to him at that point I, i'm not interested in debating with you i want to be your friend and 13 years on, he sent me a text me this morning, a Bible passage that he's read. <laughs> and he's got a New Testament that is really well read. He's a Muslim guy, but he now reads the New Testament mm. with me. Mm. And it's all through friendship. Yeah. And he'd heard about something in our neighborhood that happened uh, the weekend. And he sent me this lovely little message from the New Testament uh, just to encourage me. And mm. I thought, wow, you know, it's only through friendship do you see past the boundaries and barriers that we create to really try and create true friendship? Um, I just thought it was amazing that actually yeah. we can disagree mm. on our faith fundamentally, but we can love each other. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And none of this is to discount the fact that you may still have different views and yeah. you may, you may hold those. Um, it's funny though, you know, that there's a different sometimes there's been this mistake in our culture to think that say in the multi-faith issue um and having that kind of conversation that what doing multi-faith well is basically covering over our differences and sort of pretending they don't exist and sort of saying but yes but we all basically think the same and believe the same mm -hmm. i find actually the best conversations are ones where you acknowledge your differences and you actually sort of say look we do disagree on this we've got differences of opinion you know i don't believe the same things as you do as a muslim because i do believe that jesus is the son of god and i do believe you know and, and but it because actually you're you're treating someone with more respect i think by saying you've got a view on this and i've got a different view on this and we're not going to pretend we're all the same but actually, there's also a respect that can go with that, um, because actually I find actually often with my Muslim friends and folk that I interact with, they're more they're more respectful, actually, if if you actually hold up, you know, you, you stand mm. up for what you believe in and you, you're willing to kind of defend it. But in that kind of gracious way where you're not casting them as your enemy, but you're saying, I want to come to the table and have a genuine dialogue with you, because then you're taking each other seriously. And, and I think that's, you know, that's what really counts. Yeah. You've already mentioned two things I think that are really important to disagreeing well. You talk about listening and acknowledging difference. Um, you might want to say more on those, but do you want to walk us through uh, just some recommendations that you might have how we may disagree well? Uh, and it's not just with regard to us and a Muslim. It could be us and us in the church. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, couldn't it? So you know, do you want to walk us through just some uh, you know, thoughts that you have that could be helpful? Yeah, I do. And and I think, you know, it does come back to that sense of relationship, but seeing seeing the person for who they are, mm. um, that uh, so often it's easy to treat someone, as I say, as as a caricature or um, just as a, an idea to, to be engaged with or demolished. But actually, um, as I say, fruitful, really fruitful kind of dialogue that results in lasting change and even the possibility that one party or another might change their mind really comes, I think, from from having genuine uh, friendship and dialogue and so so wherever you can build a sense of uh, a relationship with someone then 
then that's great now that's that won't happen in every situation we, we can't be friends with everyone we we get into a conversation with but i think um that's important um and in a christian context i think as far as possible being able to acknowledge that you are brothers and sisters in christ whatever the particular you know issue is that you may disagree on obviously for some people there'll be some issues where they say well this you know i cannot call that person a sister or brother in christ if if they fall outside of this particular you know theological perspective but where wherever possible i think we need to you know as that old saying goes um be generous as we can in the fundamentals um uh so showing grace to uh to each other being you know sure and standing firm on what we do believe are, are essentials but but grace for the things that are perhaps non-essential um and go and go at it from that perspective where you're going into it not to have an argument but to, to to try and understand the other person's perspective as genuinely as you can being open to listening being open to having your own views challenged as well i think um that's important because as i say you can't expect the other person to 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 do the same unless you're willing you know in principle to do that uh and that can be difficult and uncomfortable sometimes because we like to very often surround ourselves with the perspectives that we all agree with and we've always agreed with and it can be uncomfortable to go into a situation where you're hearing someone else put their perspective and it may be quite a cogent one you know it may be one that you hadn't considered before so i think it's it's about giving each other the time to lay out our case listen well uh be willing to say i don't know what the answer is but i'm going to go away look into this more and let's come back and continue the conversation not to see it as a sort of um debate where there can only be one winner and they, mm. it has to be decided you know I, un, unlike my show which is always about an hour in length you know between two people most conversations go on over days and weeks and years even and and that's fine that's the nature of of how we sort of gradually you know uh, come to understand different positions and that sort of thing so it's it's about that relational mm. thing that gracious thing it's about listening well it's about being ready to change your mind um it's about being willing you know, if you can to pray with the person even that you disagree with, because I think as soon as you let the spirit into the conversation, it's amazing what can happen even across, you know, significant theological divides, people can still acknowledge their oneness in, in Christ. And, uh, and for me, that's, that's the beauty of the church, that there is a unity in diversity. Um, you know, to some extent, the church should not exist you know it, it should have fragmented and broken up long ago now obviously it has fragmented in various ways but nonetheless i still see an extraordinary ability mm. for the church to kind of miraculously hold together really quite diverse perspectives um in a way that feels kind of god-given in a way and and to that extent i think it's only because we can we can say there's something bigger that we're uniting around than the individual differences we hold um, so from, that gives me kind of hope that the, mm. the church is a good place, hopefully, to model those kinds of conversations uh, better, hopefully, than, than they get modeled in the culture sometimes. Yeah. I'd love to ask you, I don't know if you thought about this, but wh where do you find this in scripture? You know, do you have a model that you've seen, you know, you've seen this in scripture? Because what comes to mind is Jesus going into the temple with a cord, mm. whipping and clearing out that's not disagreeing well jesus um you know you, you you could argue with me on that passage what his actual meaning is about but you know do you have any thoughts around well do we see jesus behaving like this 
Uh, are there contradictions in that, in the sense that Jesus went into the temple and cleared it out? Uh, or is there another way of looking at it altogether? I think there's a time and a place and, and Jesus picked his time and his place. And as you say, there were a lot, I think there were a lot of reasons, you know, why Jesus did that in that moment. Um, and and it's a lot to do with in that issue that 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 there is a case I think for saying some when you see some things happening you have to take a strong stand and you if it's a justice issue you know it's not mm. necessarily something you're going to have a long debate about before you take a, a position on it and Jesus obviously saw this as uh, a, an issue of people being kept from God through the way that the temple had been used and abused by the religious authorities of his day um, and he did something very dramatic you know to. To, to make a clear example of it but you also get at the same time jesus being very nuanced in other situations where where he's talking to people he shouldn't in theory be talking to mm. you know um women and tax collectors and sinners and everything you know there, there's a lot of sort of jesus seems to be willing to have audience with all kinds of people who you know he you know even in his position as a rabbi he shouldn't have been mm. uh been been willing to engage with um, he appears to have been willing to, you know, cross some of those boundaries around, you know, uh, when when a, a Roman centurion comes to him or whoever, he doesn't he doesn't say, well, hang on, you know, uh, I can't talk, to, I can't sort of deal with you because you're the enemy. There's a sense in which I get the sense that that mm. that there was a kind of pragmatic element to the way Jesus approached people, and and he was willing to to do that kind of uh, thing. Um, I mean, obviously. In the New Testament, generally, there's this sense of keeping the bond of this, the unity of the bond of the spirit. And 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 I think for me, that's that's the overriding thing as Christians that we need to bring to the conversations we have. Um, and for me, um, again, you know, when it comes to having those conversations with people who don't share our faith, you know, you turn to something like First Peter 3.15, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect. So it's a sort of, it's kind of a given that if you're going to have these conversations, they've got to be done in this way. Um, so I, I I feel like, you know, there's, there's plenty there in scripture to, that says actually um, the way we conduct ourselves in these discussions is really important as much as what we believe and, and hold on to. Um, even if there are points at which, you know, we have to part ways with someone, if we really believe that there's a, a moral or a justice issue mm -hmm. at stake, which means that we, we can't continue a conversation. Yeah. So, so yeah, those would, those would be some of my, my go-to passages. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you've named a whole load of different, you know, in, in some ways you could call them principles or ways of behaving. Uh, you know, talk about listening, acknowledging difference, relationship, unity being a key theological theme, really, in, in disagreeing well, um, holding the tension. Uh, I liked what you said there about, you know, mm. sometimes we have to hold the tension uh, and we have to have gentleness and respect uh, for someone else. I, th I, I love those. C can we just go back to the uh, the listening one? Because this seems to me to be one of the major issues. Uh, it's just around, uh, we don't listen very well. Mm -hmm. We are really, I, I saw an argument break out between two friends last week. They both love each other. Neither were listening to each other. Both thought the other was saying something completely different. The next thing I knew, they're, they're in a Barney right in front of yeah, me. I'm thinking... Yeah. I have just, and one of them afterwards is saying to me, "What well, wasn't, weren't they wrong? And I ended up mm, saying, well, actually, mm. 
I don't think they were wrong. I think you weren't listening. Mm. <laughs> and that, that was awkward to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Listening well. You yeah. know, that to yeah. me feels like a discipleship issue to be able to hold the tongue, yeah. to pause and to listen. Uh, you got anything on that? I I I think it's just a skill um, that you kind of have to develop. I I think some people are born well; they 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 kind of natural listeners. Others are kind of constantly want to step in and and answer back. But it, I think there's there's a grace that comes with being willing to listen and being willing to let someone have their say. I mean, for me, you know, sometimes Christian apologetics is cast as this kind of it's about having all the answers and about. Um, the confidence comes in basically being able to marshal all your responses. But actually for me, the confidence in, in apologetics uh, and in evangelism generally is not about always having the right answer and being able to push back on someone. It's actually about being able to simply listen mm. and, and not to be kind of have this knee jerk fear reaction of I'm hearing something I don't disagree with uh, or that's objectionable and kind of feeling like you have to immediately answer back. It's about actually letting someone have their say and being so confident in a sense in in your perspective and the truth that you don't have to kind of immediately sort of tear into them and 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 bring them down and actually i think i think um it that's really helpful because it, it unless someone feels like they have been heard and that b before you start to give your answer they they won't they won't feel like you've actually understood them you they won't feel like they've been they've been listened to yeah. and and that's you know i think half the with a lot of the relationships I've made with with people who um, are non-Christians who listen to the show, whenever I've seen people who have crossed the line, it's never been kind of one argument that's sort of taken them from atheism to Christian faith. There's There's been a kind of whole cumulative set of things that have come together. But more often than not, it's also been because they've kind of sensed that you weren't threatened by their their engagement and and their questions and and that kind of thing that that actually christian faith is big enough and wide enough to kind of embrace people who have questions and doubts and don't haven't put it all together at this point and and my hope is you know that that you know there'd be that kind of humility almost uh in our conversations where we don't necessarily say we have the only right answer and but that we're kind of going on this journey of exploring truth together and and de all depending on god's grace as we do it and hopefully that's, you know, it's in that kind of context that, that you can genuinely start to, to, to talk and, and, you know, come to something. I'd like to ask, have you come across anybody that's particularly just really impressed you in the way that they're able to listen uh, when it comes to apologetics? Is there anyone particularly who's in that field that you're in that you think, you know, they're just a, they're just a great listener. Their technique mm. is not to come in with the argument not to try and show how clever they are, but it's just they're very good at just listening and, and you know, coming across as they're really taking on board what they're hearing. Have mm. you come across someone mm. like that? I, yeah, and the best, the best, the people who who kind of do it best are, mm. are those who kind of have the, you know, the the academic kind of credentials maybe, but they combine it with a kind of winsome, gentle, engaging, inviting kind of way of, uh, and they're not just going in there to hammer you know the opponent as it were mm. um i mean the people that i've had on my show over the years that, that come to mind in that way um are people like john lennox um who's uh, a professor of mathematics at oxford university 
But whenever I have him on, um, he's got such a warmth and a kind of um, a, a, a kind of manner that that just puts people at their mm. ease. And he he wants the conversation. He wants to, he's always interested in the relationship. You know, he wants to talk to that person off stage as much as on stage and get to know them and see who they are. And and it just you just it just naturally encourages a different kind of conversation. So some of the best conversations I've had have been with John opposite someone because there's just been a sense that, you know, um, likewise, I mean, it's funny. I just recently did a show with with Tim Keller, who's he's a well-known Christian thinker out in the States and yeah. former pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church, well-known for his kind of books on Christian thinking, you know, the reason for God and things like that. But again, um, I've just found him, his approach very um, uh, humane, you know, in the way he then he does those kinds of interactions with with non-Christians and with skeptics um, where he's not coming in. It's, you know, I'm I'm the know-it-all pastor who's got all the right answers. He's 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 open to hearing a different perspective, and it's funny because just recently um, there was a debate about you know that that kicked off last year. A lot of his contemporaries in the US asking, "Is it time to abandon the Tim Keller winsome model of cultural engagement?" Yeah. Because there was this sense that you know we now live in this very anti-Christian sort of culture, and therefore we need to basically go in in a more kind of uh, dogmatic militant style and we can't be nice to everyone we've got it you know and and I think that's a great shame and and uh, when I asked him about it on this recent show he said the problem is when you become when Christianity becomes effectively a political movement like that it it, it loses that that kind of winsome cultural engagement and 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 I I want us to be more like Tim Keller than, than kind of political yeah. activists when it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus um, because actually I think Jesus said stuff like love your enemies and do good to those who, you know, he didn't say go in and sock it to them. So, um, so my, my hope is that, you know, we'll learn from those kinds of apologists uh, in the long run. Yeah. I love listening to Amy or Ewing. Yes. Amy's wonderful. She, just yeah. the way that uh, I've seen her debate with somebody on stage and then get off stage and just stand there and listen. Yeah, really yeah. impressed with the way yeah. that she uh, doesn't need to win. Mm -hmm. She's not yeah. there, you know. She's not there to win an argument um, in the same way a politician might be. She's there to love people, and I think that's one of the things I jotted down. Um, just as you were talking earlier, you know, we've not talked about love uh, here, and and you know, it might be worth just touching on something around how you choose to love the person in front of you and not seeing them as enemy. It does seem, you were talking about social media earlier, and I think there's a, there's a danger that we demonize. Mm. I'm the good guy mm -hmm. and you, you're the evil one. You're the devil. Mm -hmm. You know, you can mm -hmm. play into mm -hmm. that. I'm the angel, you're the devil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that does not allow us to love, you know, and it's, it's often masked with a fake love where they <laughs> yeah. say, I love you, but, yeah, yeah. No, you don't love them. I can tell by the way you're speaking to them right now. How you know? How does love play in disagreeing well? How does that play out? I, I think it's genuinely about before you go into any conversation or debate, saying, um, "What does God think of this person?" And as far as I'm concerned, God believes that person is made as in him in His image, and He came and died for them they're that important to him so wh whoever you're speaking to know that that is the way god thinks about them and that should reflect the way you treat them um and that that could be applied to anybody in our life in fact but um and and so and the danger always and i've fallen into this trap myself is is once you're in the midst of maybe you know a discussion or debate where you are kind of trying to 
uh, defend and parry, you know, and and answer things. It's easy to to fall into a mold of I I I have to win this argument. But the problem is, um, you can you can win an argument and lose the person in the process because it's it's so easy to sort of think that job done if I've yeah. kind of put my points across and demolished your your perspective. But actually, by kind of intellectually humiliating someone, you're not necessarily going to have mm-hmm. encouraged them to to actually come over to your side or, or, or you know, and so f- to, to that extent, you know, I'm, I'm less concerned about winning an argument. Um, I'm much more concerned about, okay, what, what will this person think about Christianity? You know, if it's a non-Christian I'm talking to by the end of this conversation, will they be persuaded that if I become a Christian, I'll have the fruits of peace and gentleness and self-control, or will they think I'll become this arrogant, you know, know it all. Um, and and that's the important thing. I, ultimately, it's about much more than just arguments. So so the way we conduct ourselves, the, genuinely loving the person who's in front of you, and and not just treating them as a as a project and assignment. Uh, yeah. I think that that goes a heck of a long way. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. We we have run out. I'd I'd love to just ask you, you know, if anybody wanted to follow up on some of the things that we've been talking about. Um, h- how can they find you? How can they find Unbelievable? Is there anything else happening this this year, 2023, that you'd love us to be aware yeah. of? Yeah, well, we, we're excited that we've got another season of our big conversation coming up. Um, uh, it'll be running sort of from April through to the autumn. And it's a special series of shows in partnership with John Templeton Foundation, where we mm-hmm. get some of the biggest thinkers on some of the biggest questions. So last year, we had people like Richard Dawkins, opposite Francis Collins, um, the head of the Human Genome Project, um, talking about science and faith. It's those those kinds of conversations. We love bringing them. And we've got some fabulous ones lined up. So people want to look at that um ahead of time or, or once those start going out the big conversation dot show is the place to go but you can find all of our resources from unbelievable along with our other websites and um articles podcast videos at premierunbelievable.com that's our new website for all of our stuff if you want more about me and some of the stuff i do as well i've got a website to justinbriley.com so so those are the places to go Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and your wisdom. I think the, you know, the kind of headings that we've touched on uh, are really helpful for us. I think for most of us who live Monday through Saturday in workplaces, surrounded by people that don't know Jesus, Mm. and we just want to love them and we want to speak Jesus into their lives and discuss things really well. Uh, You've given us some really good tips. So thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Brilliant. Grace and peace. You too.